Some people say, oh, Terrence, if you could go back and change your life, wouldn't you? And I will say, I would not. The reason that I would not is because some of the stories that I shared with you today, they were a source of strength. The memories of knowing where I come from and how far that I've made it in life this far, that is a source of motivation. That is a source of strength and inspiration, not only for myself, but for others. Yeah. I am using the problems that I encountered in my past to inspire and build other people up and to help them realize what they are capable of much earlier in life. It is an asset. Yeah. Whether something is an asset or a liability, you determine that. You define it. It's all about the way that you decide to look at it. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Overshare with me, Genevieve, your spiritual mentor, your guide on your journey to self-actualization, and you are the lucky, lovely people that are going to be listening to our Valentine's Day episode today. (laughs) We are still going to be talking about active love, love itself the whole month of February, but I really thought it was a good topic to bring up discuss this week is how to love the flow and the falls and we're going to get into that and i'm really grateful today to have a couple uh two great individuals that are on the show that we were just talking about how we met and i think it was through dfw loops i'm not sure i can't remember uh it was through instagram i i cleverly referred to it as facebook cold calling or i don't know i wasn't sure what adjective to use but i just remember terrence reaching out to me and it just kind of it's a blur now at this point where you know we've just jumped in and it's been great to have somebody that's been consistent who does what they say and says does what they say and says what they do (laughs) i had to get that out uh with that said my lovely listeners i have terrence and karina here uh of several endeavors and i'm not gonna just going to give you kind of a tidbit here of who they are and what they're about. And then I'm going to let them tell their stories. So Terrence here, he's an author of three books, make today your day. We must fail to succeed. And most recently made by China new world order. You guys, these are all available on Amazon. He's a highly sought out motivational, inspirational speaker. I just told y'all about how we met the Facebook cold call and, uh, DFW progressives. He's a owner founder manager everything all the all the moving parts here uh he'll talk a little bit about that and give you guys kind of a snapshot of what that's about which is really uh he was gracious enough to have me on one of his panels and just kind of been a back and forth for pretty good about you know two three months now where it's just been um like i said interesting and and great to get to know y'all um so i just thought it would be really good for Terrence to be on the show because of just all of the shifts and probably flows and falls that he's been through. And Karina is here, his wife, which I'm so happy to introduce as well, because I thought, why not have a twofer? (laughs) Why not have a twofer? Uh, And kind of get both perspectives. And Karina is, um, I like I said, I did a deep dive and She's got a lot of things going on. She's the creator of Lady K, which is a product and service company of handmade jewelry. Uh, It's got a really cool vibe with like a focus on motivation and inspiration uh, through nature and beauty. You do all the content, I'm assuming, for the for for Lady K as well, right? For all the social media and everything. Uh, A literary consultant to 
Aileen, is that right? Or am I saying Aileen Publishers, which is really cool. I, I took a look at that. It's a company that publishes authors, writers from all over the world via um, your Instagram page, right? Or the yes, the writers to authors Instagram page. Writers to authors, yeah. So is that is that the content that y- you do for the the Aileen Publishers, or is it separate, or is it together? Or that is my content for writers to authors promoting them as well okay i see i see yeah so really cool page to check out y'all so make sure you do so and of course she's uh she's your content what i don't know what's your title terrence terrence well on the face that you see she's the one who's she doing the work is she's behind the behind scenes behind the scenes logistics uh so much of the content that one would observe on our different channels and brands Yep. She's the creator of it all for the most part. Yeah. And so <clears throat> she plays a very significant role in everything that we do and absolutely would collapse if she wasn't. Yeah. Well, both of you all right together. That's why y'all are here. Part of the reason why y'all are here. But um okay, so t- just tell we'll start with you Terrence since you you responded. So tell tell the lovely listeners a little bit about you, wh- who you are, what what you're about. Whatever you want to share. Before I get into talking about me, I would like to talk about Trina. Okay. We were in Chengdu, China, and it was 2013 on a really hot day at this park that was called Renmin Park, and I was with one of my Chinese friends. Mm-hmm. And I saw Karina and a few other foreign people, meaning non-Chinese, they were walking through the park, and they had that. In my opinion, that, that, that tourist look, you know, people are looking at maps and they're looking at signs and, you know, they just have that vibe like they're trying to figure out what's going on. Right, right. Of course, Karina would say that's not what happened, but uh, that's what I observed and that's what I remember. Uh-huh. And so the first time that I saw her and these individuals, I didn't think nothing of it. I kept on walking. Then me and my Chinese friend, we saw him again. And then we saw him a third time. And on the third time, I told my Chinese friends, hey, look, I think that we really need to help them. I think that we are. And so anyway, I walked up and talked to them, and uh, the way I remember it, they were looking for Renmin Park, and I told them, hey, you are in Renmin Park. You're here already. Because that park in Chengdu uh-huh. was huge. It was massive. Uh-huh. You know, like that one uh, park in New York. Central Park. Central Park. Yeah. bigger, though. And so because everything's really big in China. And so um, that's how we met. And communication for almost an entire year was very difficult. Uh-huh. But when we were able to start talking, uh-huh. like real talking, I found Karina to be a very impressive person. And something that really caught my attention, number one, was just how she took mm-hmm. care of people. Okay, mm-hmm. Not only her friends, but her family. The way that she communicates with them way she keeps touch and she checks on people the way that her friends were looked after mm-hmm. right there in Chengdu that was just something that I observed and you know, I just thought that that was amazing because I didn't have a good track record of taking care of people <laughs> because as, as we'll learn later in the podcast in the podcast uh, based on my life story you know that there were some times when I wasn't exactly taken care of and that rolled over into my adult life that was something that I observed about her. The next thing that I observed about her was how she was very inclusive to other people, their cultures, their way of life. 
mm-hmm. their history, their experiences. You know, sometimes we get into a certain social circle and we start becoming like the people around us and we might find ourselves making jokes about other people that are just not cool, it's not okay. But, you know, it feels like it's okay because they're different and, you know, I feel comfortable within this group of people. But Karina, she wasn't like that. She wasn't like that at all. Yeah. And that led me to to understand the, the next major point, which was Karina had just been when I met Karina, I had the United States of America, mostly Texas, and China under the belt. And that was the extent of my experiences on Earth. But when I met Karina, I'm talking about like 30-plus countries. She has just pictures of all these destinations and sites, historical sites, and, and different groups of people, all kinds of hair, eyes, yeah. everything yeah. that I had never seen before. And she had been in places where languages are spoken that... I didn't even know existed. And that was just one of the things that really caught my attention about her because, you know, there are some people out there who, you know, like to talk to talk, but Karina was one who walked the walk. She was not afraid. She was a real adventurer. She made those journeys actually happen. So many people yeah. talk about what they're going to do one day. Karina was doing it. Yeah. And that right there just it, it did something to me. And I just started to think in my mind, you know, like, right. what could I become with her? And I just had these random ideas. And so far, we've been married eight years. Those random ideas that I got the first couple of months of just hanging around her, being around her, they all turned out to be true. They have. And it's been life-changing for me. You know, like, people talk about yeah. their, their better half. Yeah. I believe that your better half should make you better. And that's exactly what has happened between Karina and I. I have become so much better in my life because of her. Mm. And so anyway, the reason that I want to talk about that first, you know, before we get into talking about me, is because sometimes, you know, when people look at social media, they see the bright, shiny thing in the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But what they don't see is the influence and the work that's behind the scenes, all of the steps, all of the hours that are put in, put into creating something amazing. Yeah. And that's where Karina comes in. And I think that it is absolutely critical that she receives the praise that she deserves for everything that we're doing. Because it's not just me. I can talk about me for this entire hour. I know I can. I wrote books about me. But, you know, <laughs> but I don't want to do that. I need to put the, sh- the, the shine and the spotlight where it deserves to be. Now, with that being said, what I would like to do is just transition over because I've presented so many different ideas <laughs> and so many memories and experiences. And I would like Karina to give her take on some of those things, even if they're a little bit different, if her story's a little bit different than mine, because, you know, we uh, saw her thing through well, a different lens. Yeah, there's but different anyway, sides of the story. Karina, I would like to hand it over to you so that you can introduce yourself now, okay? Thank you. So <laughs> I do see it a little differently. I, I still argue that we were not lost during that time. It was actually my second week in China. I just arrived there. Um, this was actually me arriving just off of the ships because I used to work on the cruise ship. Yep. Uh-huh. I, was, I was with uh, Royal Caribbean. Uh, that was a good two, two and a bit years. Okay. That's a, wi- um, that's a while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was actually a photographer. Okay. And then I went and 
I decided I wanted to do something a little different, so I decided I wanted to be a teacher. <laughs> so <laughs> part of that journey was you needed two, two years of experience to go to Saudi Arabia. Couldn't do that immediately, so I went off to Georgia, the country. Oh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a wild experience. It was negative 17 degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in Fahrenheit. Um, very it was cold. Very, I don't know, very that cold. sounds really <laughs> awful, is what that sounds cold. like. That it was uh, super ooh. cold. Uh, so I was over there in a little village with my host family, living in the mountains, and every morning I'd get up, and my view was the Russian mountains, uh-huh. those snow-covered mountains. It was quite an experience. Did you guys have internet? We didn't. S- TV? At the school. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta know. <laughs> was this like a zen moment when you were out there and you woke up in the morning and it was just like this, you know, like that's it. You wake up and this is it. Like you look out the window, this is what you got. This is your entertainment. Was it like that? or uh, what? Well, we had TV, <laughs> but it was, it was DVDs. I don't remember like that. Like a broadcast? Yeah, like I don't You didn't have Hulu actions. or anything like that, right? No, Obviously, no. there's no internet, so no, there's no answer to answer your question, Jen. Um, Can you also tell about the vodka? Oh, yeah, so because it's so, so, so cold, uh, most families in the countryside, they make their own alcohol. And over there, it's called cha-cha. It's very, very strong. Uh, so every morning, the grandma used to line us up and just give us all a little shot. Just to get us going in the morning. In the morning because it was so yeah. cold? Because it was so, so cold. <laughs> uh, so they, they try to get you drunk so that so, it, that so that you don't forget about how cold it is? So all the kids are <laughs> at school yeah. and they've just had their shots as well. <laughs> the kids are drinking. Whoa. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I. Well. that's fine. I don't even, I don't even, doesn't, doesn't move my moral compass in the wrong way at all when I hear that. Well, it's, I mean, it's, just, it's just what they've, they're, they're like, used yeah, to Yeah, that's what they, yeah. they get. And so they would make this at home, <laughs> and they would make wine as well. And <laughs> I remember, I, uh, I, uh, it, it's a thing though, you know, it is mm-hmm. a thing. Uh, my uh, people in England do the same thing with like cider and stuff like that. Yeah. They like make it in their like, little small home batches, and they have it for the, you know, season or whatever it is, and they'll bring it over in a jug, and it's like awful. Uh, you know, it's strong, like you said, it's strong. I'll it's just say that strong. it's very, very strong. So, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? How people adapt. <laughs> that, <laughs> like they'll figure it out, man. Culturally, so different. They, they'll for me. F- they figure it out. Trust me, they'll figure out a way. No, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. So after that, I was there for six to eight months. Uh huh. And then after that, I was like, well, still can't go to Saudi Arabia yet, so I'll go to China for another year just to get that one extra year of experience. Uh, so yeah, one year turned into eight years. Wow. Uh, that was never planned for it to pan out like that, but it did. And of course, that is where Terrence and I met. Um, and again, totally culturally different for me. I mean, I've been around different cultures, but this one was just way out there as well. Can you tell <laughs> us about the uh, children in China? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's different ways to look at that, but I, I want you to focus on a very specific yeah, so, so in China, the kids will be out there smoking, drinking. It's not restricted like it is in other places. It's not, and it's seen as kind of normal. Um, you have a kid walk into the convenience store you know, with 
some amount of money, mm. like one or two U.S. dollars worth. Right. And they buy a pack of cigarettes in Baijiu, which is rice farm. And yeah. Like I, I got, I have pictures of uh, kids trying to sell us stuff like cigarettes, living in their mouths. You know, like they have roses and they're walking around. Oh, would you like to buy a rose? One dollar each. But this is not so much in the larger cities like uh, Beijing, Shanghai, maybe not so common, but in more rural some of areas. The cities that we lived oh. in. Oh, okay. So um, these are still like urban areas? Still, yeah, yeah. They're still urban just areas. Not Beijing, Shanghai kind of area. Uh huh. And those more Although urban cities, they too. started banning smoking in a lot mm -hmm. of public places. Actually, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, there are so many places you would go in China and people would just lighten up, like whether it be on a bus or. Mm -hmm. In a mall, I remember I was in a hospital and a guy had a cigarette lit in his mouth while I was like taking my temperature and taking blood samples and stuff, and you see like blood splattered on. Wait, the, wall. the person that was like giving you the, <laughs> the medical, medical treatment. the medical treatment was smoking in your face while he was treating you medi like medically. That's right. Oh, the bus drivers would be. Smoking. I mean, but that's still that's more reasonable than the, like your your doctor your treating. Your physician? Physician or whatever he was. Physician in a room is full of smoke. Uh, well, I mean, uh, until someone tells them no, what what they're gonna do it, right? Yeah, you, you walk into a room and you got a guy with a cigarette in his mouth, and he's like, <laughs> he just keeps on going with everything like it's normal. Ashes falling on the floor, and you know, there were so many public locations that just the stench. Well, everyone's um, encouraged to smoke, though. Like, it's it's a good so thing. Bad. It's a popular thing for men, mostly men. Women do it in hiding because it's not Cause frowned upon if a woman is out there smoking. But for a guy, this is an awesome way to be a man kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to a network mixer, you're going to a, a tobacco oh. mixer. Everybody's going to be lighting up. Man. They're just going to keep on going. It's going to be out. We would go to the train station sometime, and the bathroom would just reek mm -hmm. of smoke, and it was just like, oh, great. And there's a smoking <laughs> area, but no, we're all going to crowd in the bathroom, smoking there. Yeah. <laughs> With the well, kids there, everything. Well, uh, I don't, okay. <laughs> I'm just going to say, okay. That does not sound very pleasant at all. It's a lot to take in, but you had a lot of significant cultural differences, you know, like in terms of what people expect out of public facilities. It's, it's just completely different. You know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, Karina and I together, <laughs> we could definitely write a book on, you know, these cultural elements of China. But what we do need to do is we need to get back to Karina's introduction. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, after China, then... Uh, actually, we got married in Hong Kong. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, then after that, we decided to start the process of moving over to the United States. And then COVID happened, and a two-week vacation turned into, was it three years? Three years. Three years on a little island in, in the, the middle, middle of, of the Indian, Indian Ocean. Ocean. Yeah, yeah. I told somebody else of where you guys were yeah. uh, when they were asking me, mm -hmm. and they're like, "I don't even know where that is." Yeah. It's so small. It's I like know, smaller than Fort Worth. Or yeah, you know, most of these it's Dallas, Fort Worth. Yes, it's much much smaller. A population of just over one point two million. Yeah, that's yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the, on this little <sighs> dot, we were stranded there. 
I say stranded. We were there. I mean, it looks pretty nice, y'all. If y'all are listening, are you, you should at our check social media. You should, out right yeah, now. no, I was like, you should check out their social media because I mean, it's that's why it seems like a nice place to get stranded. Oh, beautiful, in. beautiful beaches. There's so uh, many beaches. You're gonna a, get beached out. That's true. I'm sure you won't. Honeymoon destination, especially yeah. for uh, Europeans. Did you did you see a lot of you saw a lot of those people, huh? Well, we did, and we also didn't. Only recently we started seeing them, but for a long time. Oh, nobody's coming because of COVID. COVID yeah. 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 Mauritius locked down. Yeah. We were not allowed out, and they were not allowed in. Yeah, that's true. For about six months. I think it was like time. that. They were strict. They were strict. Yeah, the, their COVID procedures, uh, everything was super, super strict. Like, even to go to the supermarket, you went on your alpha in like alphabetical order on your day. So, like, Mondays. Like I'm Thomas. Yours so was like Thursday and yeah. Sunday or something. So <laughs> and it was all like, <laughs> what, like cordoned off so that when you're going down the aisles, if you miss something back there, you're not going back. Yeah. Like you, you have to just keep moving forward. So if you needed a loaf of wheat bread and you walked by it. And you forgot. Next, next day, like your next alphabet day, that's when you'll get it. If it was on the shelf, it wasn't guaranteed that yeah. it would even be on the shelf because supplies due to supply chain disruptions were critically low, and which meant that uh, prices were outrageous. Yeah. Like a small bag of tomatoes that perhaps, you know, we'd pay 75 cents for, maybe even a dollar. Mm. It's like when you did the currency exchange rate at the time, it was uh, like eight or nine U.S. dollars. Yeah. A bag of tomatoes. People in the United States are talking about inflation, inflation, milk and eggs, inflation. I'm like, oh, no, you need to leave America and you will really learn what inflation is. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but that's why they're scared that it's happening. You know, they, they see the, the beginnings of that. That's like a whole thing, though. Um, yeah, we're not used to that. Yeah. We're not used to that. That's, you know, that's, yeah. not what, that's not what happens here, especially in Texas. Don't move here, y'all, whoever's listening. Come for vacation, but don't stay here. Um, you know, it's crazy that, you know, if you think about that. Yeah. It really is. And uh, what I'd like to do is I'd like to pivot back to the conversation about the beaches. It doesn't matter. If you like beaches with white sand, you'll find them. If mm -hmm. you like beaches with cliffs, you'll find them. If you like beaches surrounded <laughs> by small islands and rocks so it's smooth, See? You'll find them. If you like beaches with a forest that goes to the water, you'll, you'll find, find them. It. it doesn't <laughs> matter what kind of beach you like. Mauritius has all of them. So well, we were on beaches for three years. If you go to my Instagram <laughs> and you just scroll, scroll, scroll. Yeah, I know. That's like what beaches, I mean. Beaches, beach, beach, beach. It's like you guys are beached out. Well, before that, we lived on an, a Chinese island. That was another three years So. Living on an island for With six beaches. years. <laughs> oh, it's just a different thing then. Beaches, yeah. beaches all the time. Right? I, we, we worked for a yacht company, Golden <laughs> Yacht, and so we're doing yacht parties in the South China Sea all the time. So beaches, sea, yeah. yachts, <laughs> you know, resorts, <laughs> where we're kind of used to it. And then moving here, this was a bit of a shock to my system. No beaches. <laughs> no beaches. No. Cold yeah. 
this ice storm. Well, just think about Georgia and just compare it to that, yes. not the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Don't compare it to the comparison. beach. <laughs> uh, and it gets better. Like, we're coming yeah. up on, like, when it's just beautiful, like, March through, like, April-ish. Mm-hmm. Even the heat e- gone. Yeah, well, even it's in May. Heat. Even okay. in the beginning of May, it's still okay. Like, it's bearable. But, you know, once you start getting into the summer, yeah, it starts getting... Pretty hot, Pretty hot, but I'm, you know, you, I'm used to it, so yeah. I rather I I rather have that than being cold. Yeah, I don't do so well in the cold and layer upon layer. <laughs> I just told you at the mu- when we went over to the museum, can't move very well with all the layers on. She's layered up and protected. Yeah, that's for sure. But something else I, I I'd like to uh, point out was or is that uh, when I met Karina, you know, like she would take these calls. I immediately noticed that. I didn't understand what she was saying. And I started to, you know, like, just pick up on the fact that, you know, Karina, you know, was bilingual, trilingual. I mean, she was somewhere in there. Karina, tell tell us about that. (laughs) The language you would have probably heard me speaking was Creole, because I speak Creole. Oh, okay, yeah. It's Mauritian Creole. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of islands, they have their own, but they have their own version. Yeah. Yeah. And French, perhaps you heard me speaking some French. Mm-hmm. Definitely that. I think I've lost it a little bit. Um, and then there's Chinese, and I try to practice with him because I I don't want to completely lose my Mandarin. But where 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 we'd be shopping and then she'd pick something up and she'll say, "Oh, just your Thai grandma," which means just like to us, right? And then I would respond something like that, and somebody say, "You think that Kroger?" Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Kroger's not that bad. I've seen so worse. There are worse. There are worse places. There are more expensive places yeah. you can shop, <laughs> which is crazy when I think about that too. But well, yes, we have Kroger around the around uh, the corner from our apartment complex, and uh, those prices are just uh, not so friendly. I mean, Target's good. Like yeah, you've Target's been there. That amazing. Was fun. Really? There's certain things we were looking for on Amazon, and we found those <laughs> items. We found their prices. And then we go to Target, and we find the same thing, same price, no delivery fee. You get it right there because it's obviously in the store. Right. And in some cases, it was cheaper in Target. How did Target beat Amazon? Like, I don't even get the point yeah. of Amazon anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's sometimes it's just better to just go and... Get it yourself. Yeah. Or at least make the effort to go pick it <laughs> off the shelf and, uh, shelf and look for it. But, you know, uh, the convenience, that instantaneous little, that button that we want to push, we get that instant gratification. So, yeah, it's really hard for people to uh, let go of. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, so yeah. Let's. We're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna <laughs> talk about mindset vocabulary in just a second here. So, right. do, what what else, Karina? Do you want to share with the lovely listeners uh, that you want I them to know about you? Wanted to say, uh, uh, talk a little bit about Lady K and yeah. my uh, writers to authors page. So that was interesting because actually, I started doing that after Terrence published his book. Which one? Uh, the writers to authors. Okay. Uh, so. We got in touch with this company and they do like different kinds of publishing. And then we got talking to them and they said they have this opportunity. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll try it out. I'll do it. Uh-huh. Um, and basically it's 
so interesting. Like I had no idea about the different things that people want published. <laughs> so that's been interesting for me. Um, and then also with my Lady K brand, I'm focused on a lot of essential oil, jewelry, and things like that, more natural things. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy using all natural products. And so I try to promote this. I was telling him, I'm used to buying plastic bags at the supermarket. Yeah. So I try to buy one at, what was it, Albertsons? Oh, Albertsons, uh-huh. And the lady looked at me and she was like, they're free. You've never been shopping here. <laughs> I was like, no, I just got here. So, no. oh, because you didn't expect her to give you the bags? Yeah, I didn't. I was expecting to buy a bag. And so, yeah, this yeah, is all. I mean, I've seen that. There's, there's, there's states like that. Okay. There's, there's, there's places like that where you got to buy a bag. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know. Yeah, I, I was just telling him there's just a lot. Like, I carry my bags just so I don't have to use the plastic ones. Yeah, I do too. And just little things like that I try to do. And, I try to incorporate that into my Lady K brand as well. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's just a lot going <laughs> on <laughs> and adjusting to everything here. I'm sure. Yes. Wow. This is my second, third week. Yeah, I think third week here. In the United States? In the United States. You've, have you been here before? I came here when I was on the ships, but we were over <laughs> there in Galveston. Oh, that's different. At least you had a you had an ocean. You had a oh you had yes, a beach so there. A beach there. <laughs> you had a beach there. Not a pretty one, but a different kind of beach, yeah. Yeah, a dirty a one. Murky. A dirty one. That's what it is. And I actually flew I ended my contract, um well one of my contracts here. And so I flew out of DFW. It was so long ago. Don't remember. And so much has changed. Oh yeah, no. So yeah, and so how long has it been since you've been in the US Terrence? The last time I was here was in 2019 for two weeks. Okay. But before that? 11 years. 11 years? That's correct, yeah. Wow. I've been away all over the world, gallivanting. <laughs> 11 years. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you, but I don't know. Like, I would, I, would I would miss home. I'm one of those people. So, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind the traveling and, like, all of that, but, like, it, i yeah, I don't. I would always want to come home. Like I would always want to come back here, and that's I don't know. It's not a good or bad thing. It just is what it is. So, anything else, Karina, Terrence, nothing. Okay, I guess I'll introduce myself now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I grew up in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. and some people would characterize my upbringing as tough. I had a mom who was addicted to drugs, and it took over her life. And because it took over her life, it took over my life, and it took over the life of my little brother. Uh, my father's from Mexico, but I didn't know him. When I was younger, I was taken away from Georgetown, which is uh, closer to Austin. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, and I don't know the details of why that happened, but my understanding is that the Mexican side of my family wanted to legally take me away from my mother because she started using drugs and she just fled. Uh-huh. And she came to Fort Worth. And so uh, throughout my life growing up as a child, my mother was in and out of prison mm -hmm. so many times. And she would go away for six months to three years at a time. And my little brother and I, we would stay with different family members. And we, 
but when my mom was out of prison, we had this this nomadic lifestyle of living in different motels. Sometimes a kid with Karina about the deluxe in motel, uh-huh. and how you know she shouldn't go stay there. Well, part of the reason that I cared about that is because I lived in a deluxe in motel. I was surrounded by drug dealers. I was surrounded by prostitutes. I was surrounded by gangsters, even people that were involved with drug cartels. I was a kid, and I was surrounded by all of this. I heard those conversations mm-hmm. about drive-by shootings. I heard those conversations about uh, finding somebody who owed money for, for, for drugs or a deal gone bad and how certain individuals were going to go and track that person down and shoot and kill them. I heard those conversation, uh, conversations as a child. I was there. I was right in the middle of them. When I was in my motel room, I was looking at rats jumping out of the wall. And this was something that me and my brother did for fun. We would count them as they jumped out of the wall. And there were people in the, the, the room that were doing various types of drugs. And I was just witnessing that. And that was just normal for me every single day. And at some point in my life when I, I was a child, I got into fishing. And I remember uh, around uh, 35 and 20 in Fort Worth, there's a, this creek just below the mm-hmm. ramps. And I would walk all the way down. I would cross freeways by myself. Cars going by 70, 80 miles an hour with a fishing rod. And I would go down to this creek and I would fish for six, seven, eight hours every single day. And the reason that I did that was because that was an escape for that was a way that I could get away from the chaos, the crime, and the life-threatening situation that was back at the motel room that I lived in with my mom. Right. And I would stay there eight, nine hours. And, you know, for some reason, I brought all my equipment, but I never brought food and water. By the time I was done fishing, I was always starving and seriously thirsty. And I remember sometimes I would go to the creek and I would take the water and I would drink it. Yeah. And back then, I didn't know, but now I know that was straight up sewage. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> that's just the reality of you know my education. <laughs> I yeah. now know what drains into those creeks. Yeah, uh, but you know that's how thirsty I was when I was down there, and it's just demonstrating what I was trying to get away from. And then as I would walk those freeways to get back to mm. the motel room that we lived in, I remember I would just be so apprehensive. My knees would be shaking palms would be so sweating because I always thought that I was going to get back to that motel room and find my mother dead, murdered, shot in the head, throat slit. This was what was going on through my head, and a lot of that had to do with what I'd seen with my own eyes. There was a guy who was brutally murdered in his car right outside of our motel room. He was undressed. They left him naked. They left his keys. They left his wallet. They left his phone. And the whole point and purpose of leaving everything was to make a, a point, to make a statement. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with us. Don't double-cross us. Or this, too, will be your fate. Ah, that was right in front of my motel room. That dude was in that car. And so, for me as a child, I knew that those things were real. I knew that those things happened. That was not something that was just in movies. Mm-hmm. I knew that it could happen to my mom, too, because my mom owed some of the most dangerous people a lot of money. Mm-hmm. She was a a smooth talker. She had a silver tongue. If you had something that she wanted, she'd swindle you out of it. She knew how to do it. She was so good. And so uh, that that silver tongue was dangerous. The 
but she swindled very, very <laughs> dangerous people. Mm-hmm. People that were, you know, leading, you know, crime in Dallas Fort Worth. And so uh, I used to worry about her all the time. Uh, fortunately, for, for your, your, your the people that are li- tuning in and listening, I can say that, that that fear that I had about her getting murdered, it never happened. By the grace of God, it never happened. Uh-huh. But there was one incident when I did come home and I found my little brother in that motel room. The door was open. And he was sitting on the floor. He was three years younger than me, so let's just say I was 12. He was nine. And he was sitting there. And uh, I said, hey, where's mom? Where is she? And he said, mom is not here. She went to jail. She said to pack up everything. We got to go to Aunt Nisi's. And my brother was sitting there waiting. At any point, one of those bad people that I'm describing could have gone in there and just picked them up and drove away, and he would never be he he, he would have never been seen again. Yeah, because they do things like that, human trafficking. They're involved in that stuff. But luckily, yeah. I got there and I found my brother, and we went to my aunt's house. Yeah, and uh, when we were with my aunt, we were safe. But I, I think that at that time, my mom ended up serving three years in prison. Wouldn't see her until you know a whole bunch of months later, and lots and lots of letters. Yeah, and so that life led me to view myself in a certain light in terms of what I believed I deserved, what I thought I can do in life, and my value. I believed that I was the scum of American society. I was walking around with shoes that opened and you could see my feet out in the front when it was cold and raining outside. Walking to people's cars saying, excuse me, sir, can you help us to get something to eat or go buy us something? I was out there hustling, begging for money on the streets. And I remember when we were doing that panhandling in those parking lots at Kroger or Walmart or Winn-Dixie, whatever it was. Yeah, Winn-Dixie. I remember thinking to myself, I hope that I don't accidentally run into one of the kids in my class because I was absolutely terrified that these children would be in the classroom and they would say something like, hey, aren't you that guy that was out there at the Winn-Dixie asking people for money for food? I know that's you. Don't lie. That was you. I was terrified of that. I was so ashamed of who I was. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing. Going back to uh, what I thought that I deserved, I thought that I deserved a prison cell, a life of homelessness, or to be shot and killed as a result of crime and or some altercation with the police. When I was growing up, that's exactly what I thought. That's the direction that I thought I was going in life. And I did not see myself doing anything greater. And so, as you can imagine, right, when a person believes something about themselves, that's going to dictate their behavior. That's going to dictate the decisions that they make. And so the only way that a person can change the trajectory of their life is if they change what they believe about themselves. They must change what they believe they are capable of. They must change what they believe about their value, the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And that is going to influence their behavior daily, which is going to influence their destiny. I had to change what I believed about myself. And so I'm going to give you a, a, I'm going to take a small break talking here and see if you have any questions. (laughs) 
No, I no, I just think it grow it goes great with just kind of what we're talking about today too with like flow and falls cuz I know Karina kind of mentioned that earlier about well what what does that really mean, you know? And that's kind of kind of what you just said, you know, really essentially because of the fact of having to go through it and having to change your your mindset all of that first before anything can happen and that is like deeply rooted in the belief about who you are you know and that is influenced and has a is hugely affected by how you grew up and who your parents were and all of that and you know all of this ball of like nuanced things that make us who we are today and why we make the decisions that we do now we can change it which is i think what i think is amazing about that you know, what Terrence just said is because people think that it's just like this anomaly, like it's not possible, right? And it really comes down to one, knowing who you are and, and what is of value to you? Like, what are you passionate about? And how everything underneath that goal, like those are the decisions you're making, like that hierarchy of, of, of goals, like the actionable things that we can do every day every action is going to contribute to you getting that, that top level goal, so to speak. So, I, and we've talked about that a lot last month with grit. We, we talked a lot about that, but I think too, what's so great about you is that, and Karina too, is that it's, you guys are just very like flow, go with it. Like you can see it or I can like I can feel that like energy from y'all that you just you're in the moment like you're in the moment and it, it is what it is. I know people don't like that saying, but it is what it is. And that's not, like really hard for some people and it, like especially coming from your background and we're going to talk about like flow. It's like you could have gone another way, right? Could have been completely different. And I the, I will ask you that question in a little bit here in terms of, like, what was that moment for you where, you know, it it clicked, it changed, you pivoted it, you pivoted, you, something happened, right? There had to have been a moment, something that changed that whole, like, you, you knew that that wasn't the path you were going to go down. And it's like those moments, and usually they're painful, uh, I'll have to admit, usually they're painful, which is what I really do want to talk about today on mindset tools as well, because, um, you know, pain is, we don't want it, but it's, it's absolutely necessary. So, um, but yeah, no, that was kind of what I was just thinking about. Like it, it's kind of lining up for like kind of those questions. And then what you, what you both got, what both of you guys think about like your definition of flow, I haven't told mine yet, but we'll, and like a fall, which is kind of implicit with like a challenge or a quote unquote failure. I don't like to use that word, but um, yeah. Okay, okay. Here is something that I think is really, really critical because I didn't magically get to this state of mind. Yep. I did not magically get to this belief system that I adhere to daily. There were steps to that. And I went to a church in Fort Worth, okay? This church was, you know, like a five, six-minute drive from our little apartment in the ghetto where uh-huh. I stayed with my family, my aunt, when my mom was locked up. And this church was predominantly white. 
mostly white people in this church, and they sent this van into our community to pick us up, to take us to church. And so when I was in middle school, I was very active in the youth group, and I had the opportunity to observe lifestyles like outside of what I had known. I, I, I would tune into conversations that were completely different and mm-hmm. foreign to me. And this youth minister, his name was Adam. This guy, he poured love into this youth group, South Wayside Baptist Church. This guy demonstrated that all of us youth, us, us teenagers, we were like 13, 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Not only were we embraced by him, this church, but we were also loved by God. And one of the things that he was really trying to get into our heads was that if God, the creator of the universe, loves you, you should love yourself regardless of what society is attempting to teach you about yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, what do I mean? What I mean is I look at TV and I see an episode of Cops and there's a guy running from the police and he's literally in my apartment complex. (laughs) My apartment complex was on an episode of Cops. The police helicopter is over and the dude was running through. Oh, my god! I saw that on TV. Okay. People look at me right and, you know, they might think that I'm just some mulatto mix or something like that, right? I'm black and I'm Mexican, but my entire life I have been characterized as a black male, okay? As a black male, there are certain ways that people respond to me. There's a certain way that I have been taught to view myself, especially when it comes to the police, okay? Uh, Now, I was standing, my mom got out of uh, prison, and she took me from my aunt's house, right? I was still involved with South Wayside Baptist Church in the uh, youth group. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay? Uh, I'm one of the only black kids there. Okay? And this guy, Adam, he, he's doing his thing. He's pouring love into everything that he does with this youth group. And one night, 1 o'clock in the morning, right there's a knock on the door. The motel room where me, my mom, and my little brother were staying. And we had protocols in place for safety. Protocol number one, we turn off the lights. If somebody's going to start shooting at the door, we don't want them to see what they're shooting at. Okay? And if somebody's wondering if somebody's home, you know, the lights are off, maybe they're not here. Okay? Protocol number two, me and my little brother go jump in the bathtub. If bullets were going to come flying through the door for any reason, you want to be in the bathtub because it's ceramic. The sheetrock, you know, all this cheap furniture will not stop bullets even from a non-millimeter, okay? So me and my little brother, we're in the bathtub with the lights off, and then we can hear my mom, and she's like, it's a white man. And we're like, okay, more information, please. It's that white man from church. And we're like, Adam? And then we're like all excited. We turn the lights on, and we go and open the door. It's 1 o'clock in the morning, and our youth minister is at the motel. And he looks at my mom when we open the door. He goes, Tina, I saw you out there on the streets again with those kids, having them begging people for money. Please, let me help you get a job. Please. And my mom looked him in the eye, and she said something that just blew me out of the water. She said, Adam, I make more money in one night than you do all week, which was true. Adam was a painter. This guy broke his back, painting people's houses, to provide a life for his family, to take care of them. And he was poor. 
And when we would go out panhandling on the streets, we would make seven or eight hundred dollars. And my mom would take all that money and spend it on drugs. And so, you know, if you kind of do the math there, seven, eight hundred dollars a night, we're doing this five nights a week. We were upper middle class, but we lived in poverty because of drug addiction. My mother's drug addiction didn't. Uh, it was the reason. And so Adam said something that just planted these seeds that changed me forever. He said, Tina, these kids deserve better. These kids deserve better. And so those words, they got into my mind, mm-hmm. and they started to do something because I had I started with these questions like, I deserve I deserve something that's not a prison cell. I, I deserve something that's not homelessness. I deserve something better than a life of crime. I didn't know that. Nobody never told me that. Yeah. And then the last word was better. Better. What's better than what I already have? What's better than living in a motel room that has rats jumping out of the wall? I started to ask that question. And then that curiosity, it led me to so many places including China, where I met my wife, and all over the world. Yeah. It was Adam. He told me that. And even today, I'm working on things. I'm working. New books are coming out. I'm working on books all the time. It doesn't end. I'm going to write books my entire life. I'm still building my speaking business. Okay, the only reason that I'm trying to do that is because I believe that better exists for me. I believe that better exists for my wife. I believe that better exists for my family, my legacy. What we're going to leave behind, yep. it is out there. And that started with my youth minister who knocked on the door at 1 o'clock in the morning at the motel telling my mom <laughs> that I deserve better. Because before he said that, I did not know that. I didn't. Yeah. And I, I think that's be. the case for a lot of people, not realizing that they deserve better. Absolutely true. Yeah. Absolutely true. And so it's like, you know, you, you may come across somebody and... Uh, an altercation of some kind may happen uh-huh. and you want to have rude, aggressive words, you know, but if you can say something uplifting to that person, you may change that person's life forever. It's true. We were just talking about, we just, uh, in the last recording I did, we were talking about that, you know. It can be really, so when someone's with people that, you know, you don't get along with or you mm-hmm. don't agree with or... <laughs> they drive you nuts maybe i don't know but it's like the the that's the challenge you know that's like the active love part of it you know because it's it's not just a feeling it's an action like you have to overcome that and let go so I, that's what i mean it's kind of those moments and then that really transcended for everything else that followed um yeah that's pretty cool yeah A lot of what Terrence talks about is just far beyond anything that I experienced. And like for me, this kind of life was just something that I'd see in movies, maybe documentaries, something like that. And it was just incredible to hear his story. (laughs) Yes. They're they're great stories, Terrence. I'll, I'll give you that. Yes, they're awesome stories. Like that's such great perspective and it's kind of we all kind of not the same maybe circumstances but we can all like relate there's a moment like i said that's why i think telling people's stories is so impactful like you'll remember that 
you know, and you'll remember the details of like your story with like what jumps out at me is the the counting of the rats, you know. Yeah. Like you know, it, it's like things like that where you're like, oh, like let me stop and like have some gratitude or you know have a different attitude about this particular person or like you said, like tell them something in that moment that is more productive than just uh, putting them down. Or or, or or yelling or yeah or whatever it may be whatever your your aggressive response may be but yeah that and it's tough it's a tough thing to do I think it is for me it is it's sometimes it, it it can it's it's testing it's trying um of course um we've kind of like been I feel like we've like jumped all over the place in terms of y'all story and then mindset vocabulary but I did just kind of want to get your opinion about like flow. I know we've kind of talked about some things, but um, I just wanted to kind of put it out there. And again, we've been talking about this book that I've been reading called The Tools by Phil Stutz. And he calls it a flow state, um, like when our effect lines up with higher forces. So like our like our effect and our effort. So like what we're doing on the daily, it lines up. So it's kind of, this sounds so hippy-dippy when I say it out loud, but it's, the universe acknowledging that you're do you're doing like that you are taking action that um, it's just going to be okay. You kind of like that surrender and also just you making those little choices that you kind of talked about at the beginning. Like how is this choice going to, you know, dot, 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 how is it going to get me to where I want to be? Um, and it's kind of like when you do more of that, that, that higher force, I think that flow you're in that flow state. I, I, mm -hmm. Does that does that make sense? Like you're in that state of you're. It's kind of like things are con concurrently working for you, but from the universe and then from the things that you are actionably doing every day. So it's it's not always there, but when you're in it, it's, okay. I have this example. So when I'm in a rush and I get up in the morning and I have to be somewhere, and I'm like, oh my god, and I'm like in that panic state. I. I'm a stressed out the whole way through and I tend to get like red lights or something traffic or whatever to get to my destination. But if I pull back, like even when I'm in the midst of getting ready and say, okay, like it is what it is. Like this is the time just keep being in the moment and doing the next step. Like you're going to get there when you get there, mm -hmm. you know, you've already made the effort to do whatever you need to do. And when that happens, when I like bring myself back in the moment and I know, I know that sounds so like, minimal but for me it's hard because i'm always thinking about the next thing i'm always thinking about okay what do we got what would we got little bit that kind of thing and so when i let go in that moment to the flow like the universe rewards me like with a green light i know that sounds so stupid like <laughs> when i say that like, no, like I, oh I, my god I, that's, I so, that's so so that's so that sounds so trivial but to me like i take that as a win because yeah. it's like okay like wow that's great and that's kind of my example of like being in the flow state like when those two things are like working together so i just kind of want to put that out there because the episode is called flow how to love the flow and the falls the flow is usually pretty good i'm not gonna lie so well for for me being in China forced me to slow down. Like, yeah. Because, first of all, everything is in a foreign language and it's difficult to do things. Yeah. But something that really helped me was to not have these expectations that I would have back home. And so to just go with whatever was going on. And then slowly but surely, I transitioned to getting into affirmations. Mm. 
And I'm actually, well, I wrote one, uh, a little booklet type of thing with a few affirmations. We're still working on it. And that, for me, has helped. And also doing mindfulness exercises, mm. that's really helped to just, you know, chill out. You're going to be late regardless, <laughs> so it's okay. Just we'll work around it Yeah. at this point. Yeah, and you'll make it when you make it. Yeah, because what I find, for, for me, what I find is so much of something else goes wrong when I'm in that state yeah. of panic. Yes. So now I'll spill my coffee or something else will go wrong. I can't find my bag. Where are my keys? This and that. Like all of yeah. that just goes together. But yes. if I just, you know, chill out a little bit, take a step back, you know, say a couple of affirmations if I have to, and then just, you know, proceed from there. It kind of works out. Yeah. I And it's, it's, it's like you still have to be productive. Like you still have to do the things. But you just have to be in the moment. And so that's like yeah. the hardest part for me. Because if I'm doing something productive, like my brain is already going like that, you know, mile a minute situation. And it's like, no, 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 wait a minute, but you're here. So enjoy this. Yeah. And even if it's, cr if, even if it's not ideal, the situation or even the person that you're with, um, I think if you just kind of let go of that need for desire of what it needs to be or what it should be. Uh, and we're going to talk about this is like that's my mindset tool that I'm you know I want to talk about this episode is kind of the reversal of, de of desire so it's like if you let go of the fact that you know you have to have this or you don't want to do something you put it off it's like embracing that type of pain which you know I think kind of well I'm not sure about the pain for your story Karina but like for Terrence and what he just told us like there's a lot of pain there yes, right absolutely. so and he's like used it to like Fuel him, I think, you know, like fuel you fuel your, you know, your actions and your life philosophy and who you are and what's, you know, what's comprised of your legacy, like you said earlier. So I just think it's really interesting how we we have the ability to tap into to the flow if we just work really hard at it. You know, if we can just turn, if we can just be conscious of it and just realize that we have to um, embrace it and see it for, for what it is and just allow ourselves to. We're always so focused on the, the end results. We want all the, we want all the results quickly, like Amazon, like you said no. earlier, we want to push that button and we want it to show up. We don't, we don't want to focus on how hard it is and challenging it is. So, but yeah, so that's like, like I said, it's kind of all mindset vocabulary and mindset tools all together. So. Wherever you want to go, Terrence. Would you like me to respond to this? You can respond to whatever you want to respond to. Okay. <laughs> so uh, my observation of the flow is that we need to be present. Mm -hmm. There's always something coming. There's always something happening on social media. Boys. There's always advertising that's is being directed to us in various forms. Yeah. And it is absolutely possible to miss life and the blessings that you have that are directly around you mm. because you're busy looking <laughs> into your phone. Yep. And observing other people's lives who are in far off distant lands, maybe on the beach in Mauritius. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Uh, the, the next thing that I would say is we have to be willing to be flexible. Sometimes you have a plan for something. And 
whose plans get disrupted by different events and roadblocks or setbacks. But the reality is, is that if yeah. you're willing to be flexible, you may find that there are actually opportunities in that setback for you in your career path. Uh, it's all about the perception of negative and positive. Events are going to happen to us all, but what is the meaning behind those events? And you determine that. Some people say, oh, Terrence, if you could go back and change your life, wouldn't you? And I would say, I would not. And the reason that I would not is because some of the stories that I shared with you today, they were a source of strength. Yeah. The memories of knowing where I come from and how far that I've made it in life this far, that is a source of motivation. That is a source of strength and inspiration, not only for myself, but for others. Yeah. I am using the problems that I encountered in my past to inspire and build other people up and to help them realize what they are capable of much earlier in life. It is an asset. Yeah. Whether something is an asset or a liability, you determine that. You define it. It's all about the way that you decide to look at it. Now, there are smaller events that happen in life, and we have a decision to make. We can complain about those events, or we can embrace them. A good example for me, we had ice last week. Uh-huh. Yep, we sure did. It was over. Yep. The, the weather was just nasty cold. It was inconvenient. Events were canceled. A lot of people were making insurance claims because they were actually crashing. <laughs> they were trying to drive on the ice. People were stranded at home. Same thing happened to me in Korea. We were stranded at home. There was a lot uh, logistically and, you know, in, in terms of admin stuff that we could not get done mm -hmm. because offices were closed. The U.S. Postal Service was completely backed up. FedEx did not deliver our Internet equipment until five days later because they stopped running. Yeah. Okay, the modem and the router, you know, when I looked at the tracking, it just said, delay, delay. Delayed. This was a result of the ice storm. So on one side of things, I can complain and focus, which only augments the problem of all of these small logistical issues that I just described that were created by that ice storm. Or I can focus on the fact that I got to spend three or four days at home with my wife. Setting up our new home. <laughs> Setting up our new home. Yeah. Just nothing but raw quality time. And a lot of that had to do with we did not have reliable internet either. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there was an increase in communication. There yeah. Was, there, there was an increase in, in the focus that we had for each other. You know, we actually talked about certain things that we're planning to do in life and our objectives in more detail because, you know, we were just in the house. You know, with surviving. nothing else to no, survive. Okay. Yeah, you know? let's go with that. We're, we're, I, was, we're, I was about to say with nothing else to do. We're, we're, we're. Well, we got <laughs> you know? basic groceries because we didn't know what to expect. Yeah. So. Welcome back. Yes. <laughs> uh, my, my mentor, Robert Kreiner, he said it this way. Whatever you choose to focus on will expand. If you focus on your problems and you complain about your problems daily, you will watch your problems expand. If you focus on your blessings and you verbally express the gratitude that you have for the things that are good in your life, mm -hmm. you are going to watch them expand. Whatever you 
choose to focus on will expand. The word choose here is powerful because this demonstrates that each of us have the power and influence over which one expands. Your problems or your blessings, it is up to you. What are you going to do? Complain, yap, 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 yap. Or are you going to talk about how your family's healthy, your family's safe, they're alive and they're well and you're appreciated? Are you going to talk about your health and how you feel good today? You can walk because there's a lot of people who can't walk today. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to talk about how safe you are? Because there are people in other countries right now that have militias going rampant, just driving around shooting folks. There are people who live in other places where the government is systematically tracking them down and killing them. Yeah. Are you going to focus on your safety? Are you going to focus on the fact that you have a meal on the table? You know where your next meal is. You have clean water. You have shelter. You have a roof over your head. Are you going to focus on that? Or are you going to focus on the fact that FedEx is late? <laughs> but I think for a lot of people, they can appreciate it because they've never experienced the, uh, the, the other, other side. But do you think that you have to experience something else to be grateful for what you have? I think when you get to a certain phase, let's call it a phase in your life, no. But I think before that, it's kind of like, oh, well, it's not close to me or it's not around me, so I don't have to worry about it. And my most immediate issue is FedEx okay. not coming. I get what you're saying. I th- okay, so it's like first world problems when people say that, right? Because it's the truth. It's like... We <laughs> it's on one side of things, you can say it's first world problems, but on the other side of things, remember everything I told you about the crack infested hotel with the cartels? And yeah, the people, no. I mean, that's in the first world, too. Okay, here, yeah, but... Know? You, that's a whole nother podcast episode, Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast episode. No, I get what you're saying. Like, that's definitely, I don't know what's going to happen. Again, I don't know what's going to happen. But yes. Well, yes. When, when we first got here, I just kept complaining about how cold it was because I wasn't ready for this kind of weather. I don't really have the clothing. You were expecting, it. like, uh, hot weather. Coldish. No, Co- no, coldish. Not, okay. Yeah. Not, uh, not, but coldish. Coldish. They should add that to the dictionary. What, coldish? Coldish. 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 Maybe hottish, too. Hottish. But I think that one is called warm. Well, that's a Texas, <laughs> that's a te- that's a Texas, uh, you know, description. Because coldish yeah. means it's, like, war- like, warm in the morning and, you know, freezing at night. A little unpredictable. Of course. And then, like, Terrence had to just remind me, look, we made it over here after all these things that we went through to get over here. <laughs> We're here, so uh, okay. Yes, I can appreciate that. <laughs> oh, that's and that's great. Well, like at least the inside is hot. <laughs> that's great, though. In in China, a lot of buildings they don't have made of heating, and no so it's freezing inside. So People that was something their else. Coats in, in, at home, they don't have oh, heaters. Yeah, yeah. Do they have heaters or they have Some heaters, but it's a waste it's of it's electricity. A, it, it doesn't do anything. Or if they have, they have it's those the AC units in the in the wall. And they'll put put it on, like the heating yeah. is on. It's coming through there. It's not very, very hot, but it's it's warm enough. But then they'll have the windows open because they believe that having the AC on is not so good for your health, and you need fresh air That's flowing. True. So it kind of defeats the purpose of having Big it. Time. <laughs> uh, all right, whatever. Uh, speaking to a person that you know has to, can't has can live without AC. 
especially here in Texas. So, you know, all of that is wild. But you never know. I mean, ish. with climate change these days, that is a fact. <laughs> we might get snow in August. Everybody get ready. Oh, my God. Whole another <laughs> podcast episode, too, Terrence. Whole another podcast episode. Um, so I just, we I want to talk about, too, what some practical ways since we're talking about mindset tools and I kind of mentioned the reversal of desire and all of that from the wonderful field stats. Um, if you guys haven't checked this book out, I would, it's called the tools and Terrence's books. We'll plug those in just a little bit, but, um, you know, I never really thought about how, and this is funny because Karina mentioned some affirmations and things like that and how you talk to yourself and how you visualize things. And, uh, for, this whole thing in terms of getting in that flow state or actually making an active choice to tap into it. It's this sense of, okay, I have to visualize. And again, the pain, the pain, it comes back to the pain. So, and it's in this book, it kind of tells you to walk yourself through like these images and like talk, speaking it out loud is, uh, bring on the pain. I love the pain and the pain sets me free. So it, it, it's like saying that to yourself when you're scared to do something, you don't want to do something, you're avoiding something, anything, uh, maybe a difficult conversation or whatever, maybe whatever circumstances you have. Like I've been using that, like actually actively saying that to myself when I don't feel like doing something or when I don't, um, when I'm scared or nervous or whatever the situation is and it's, it's helped. Like, it's pushed me through that kind of avoidance that people tend to sit in or be in that comfort zone that doesn't want to make them try different things or do different things or go different places or whatever their situation is in that kind of comfort zone. So I kind of just wanted to talk about that, like, kind of an actual tool that maybe you guys use, on, I don't know, I don't want to say on a daily basis, a weekly basis, or just something that is your mindset tool for flows and falls either one have your pick my my jewelry has helped me a lot like making jewelry uh i work with a lot of those crystals and crystal jewelry yeah i, I just love like that. it's very pretty um and i like to be positive when i'm making other people's jewelry jewelry because that is what they're going to use on hopefully a daily basis and i don't want i don't know like you said, it just sounds a certain way, but I don't want this negativity to go into them, into the pieces that I make. Yeah, and that's that they're wearing go to the next person. You yeah, know? and so I, like I said, for me, some affirmations, and I've been doing mindfulness exercises just to what, relax. What's one know? of them? Like, what's one of them? You just—it's like meditation. Okay, so, you so just, just sit and just even if it's just two minutes, and you're just breathing, and you you know counting and and just trying to get out of your head and not overthinking everything and so this is some i i just started you know because i was looking for something so i've just started with this but for me it's helped so far um and also doing things like with yoga and this and that that's oh yeah my friend's big 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 yogi person she said she's you know the more she does it the more she learns so i yeah i mean meditation's really good what about you terrence what's your your mindset tool understanding 
that we have control over the parameters of the comfort zone. Now, <clears throat> I look at uh, who I am today, and if I'm at an event, I grab the microphone, and I am so comfortable in front of the people. <laughs> That's just who I am now. Oh, now, right? Now. It's, it's not always been that way. Uh, when I was younger, I used to sit in the back, back of the classroom, and I was avoiding being seen. I didn't want the teacher to call on me yeah. because up until age 10, I could not read. You have three-year-olds, four-year-olds, and five-year-olds that are learning to read these days. But I was in fifth grade, and some way or another, I managed to get through without being able to read. So I was terrified. I was always really bad at math. And so the point that I'm making is that back then, my comfort zone was very, very small. Okay? Mm -hmm. And if I were going to live my life with the parameters of the comfort zone that I had when I was 10 or 11 years old, I would be extremely limited. The, the man that you see here today, I will not exist. I, who I am at this moment, would be impossible. And so when a person expands their comfort zone, mm. what's possible in their life increases. Yeah. What they can become completely changes certain things like uh, breaking generational poverty or breaking old habits. These things become more possible when you expand your comfort zone. And the only way to expand your comfort zone is to embrace discomfort, to do things that you're not used to doing. Pain. To get new experiences <laughs> under the belt. Yeah. And as you said, take on the pain. I love the pain. Bring it. You know, we were in Mauritius, and there was this suspension bridge. Yeah. This bridge is like two by fours. Yeah, no, they have one in London that's similar. It's, like it's really thin. Eight inches yeah. across or something like that, and there's just wires, right? And uh, I remember I, I, I had on my flip-flops, and I just skipped across that bridge, and I was taking selfies and everything, and all you can see below, below me is like four or 500 feet below is just the canopy of the forest. It's green. And out in the distance, you can see a beautiful blue ocean. And I was so comfortable up there in flip-flops. And I, I, I reflect upon my life. I was always terrified of heights. That was one of the most terrifying ideas, being on top of a building, being in a helicopter, being on a plane. Like, I was so afraid of heights that it would just overwhelm me and shut me down mentally and physically. But then in, you know, 2022, I'm just hopping across this bridge 500 feet in the air, and I'm having a good time while I'm up there, <laughs> and I look forward to crazy stuff like that, man. The only reason that I could be in that state of mind and enjoy that experience and have that experience at all, actually, is because my comfort zone has expanded significantly over my adult life and that's what we all have to do expand well we don't have to we don't have to we don't have to we we should we should choose to it depends on what your objectives are if you were happy where you are and you don't intend to go for more yeah then it's cool i mean it's a choice you have you know but if you're trying to make big things happen bigger things than what you're currently experiencing you have to expand your comfort zone 
Because you're going to end up in front of people you don't know. You're going to end up in front of people that, you know, are more influential. You're going to end up talking to people who may not speak the same language as you. You're going to end up, you know, mingling with folks from around the world suddenly. And it's just going to keep on happening. And so you got to grow that comfort zone. The only reason that I packed <laughs> up my entire life and jumped on a plane and moved over to China was because at that point in time, I had a state of mind that was bigger than Fort Worth, Texas. It was bigger than Dallas, Fort Worth. It was bigger than Texas. It was bigger than the United States of America. But I didn't grow up with that state of mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that was... Wh- so what do you, what's like your thing that you do daily, Terrence, that's like your, like a quick thing that someone, not a quick, but something that's like kind of a touchstone for you during the day where it kind of keeps you in that, that state that you're talking about all of this, anything specific, like Karina mentioned affirmations or meditation, anything like that, that's kind of resonates with you that you do that gets, I would say because I, I actually didn't prepare for this. But, uh, <laughs> I would say I look at my calendar. Okay. And when I look at my calendar, one thing that I absolutely despise, right, if, if I go here, because I have my calendar in my hand, listeners, that's what's going on here. Yes, and it's, uh, by the way, y'all, it's like a old it's school, like a notebook with the things and all of the, you know, scheduling features in there. Everything is here. Everything's there. I have an erasable pen with me. <laughs> One of the first things that I do every day, right, is I look at my calendar, right? And I can see what's happening in my life for the next month. Yeah. And I absolutely despise if I see a square and it's empty. Because an empty square does not build my life. An empty square does not feed my wife. An empty square does not contribute to the lives of the little people in my family. A little, an empty square doesn't get a book read. An empty square doesn't build my career. It doesn't pay my rent. I make sure my squares are not empty. Okay. And the way that I do that, I reflect upon these past squares, which are, you know, the, the last week and the week before. Right, right. And I look at them closely. What did I fail to complete? Okay. And if I can confidently say that. There's nothing that I failed to complete. Yes. Okay. Then I start looking in the future. Okay. These are coming up. How am I going to prepare for them? I see here wrestling event in Fort Worth. I'm going to go and DJ at a wrestling event. There are marketing materials that need to be put out for this wrestling event. I could be inviting people to the event. Yeah. I need to call the organizers and you know check with the equipment to make sure that I'm going to be able to plug in. I need to organize transportation. Yeah. I need to get the itinerary of the event so that I know exactly when I'm supposed to be on a microphone speaking and when exactly I'm supposed to broadcast and start my set. Mm-hmm. And so if there is an empty day, I look in the future here and I start preparing for stuff. There's not a day where I just sit at home and absolutely do nothing. Karina can tell you if that's true or not. I do not believe in that. <laughs> Ever? Ever? Ever. Ever, ever? Like, you don't still take a, a just a rest day? Yep. You know what? I took rest <laughs> days in the beginning of January, but that was because I had a health collapse. 
okay, that's, I'm not saying that doesn't count. It counts. I'm just <laughs> saying, in the context of this story, no, that's not what I meant. You know, and that's not what I meant. Oh, I meant, like. I was too sick to do anything. My brain uh, wasn't working. Different. My body was just weak. And that's, I was just like this. You know, that's. <laughs> well, like, an off day would be going to the museum or the park or something. Like you do something like that. But then as soon as that's done, I get back to work. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's, uh, yeah. All right. Okay. So no empty squares. No empty no squares. Empty squares. <laughs> and he, like he tried to go di digital. It can, it I can, it didn't work, it didn't right? Work out. No, yeah. it didn't. I get it. Like, I can see how it wouldn't because I love stuff like that. And like, this I, is an erasable pen. Yeah, like, uh, an erasable pen, y'all. Yes. Like, uh, like, I'm a person that has a pencil, a highlighter, and a blue pen in my, 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 uh, my purse at all times. So, that's the kind of girl I am. Well, one more, one more <laughs> thing I want to throw <laughs> so. in here about this calendar <laughs> business. If you were to go to Mauritius, right? Yeah. I, uh, you would find. Three calendars, just like this. Filled. They're all exactly the same brand, okay? <laughs> the same <And> color. <laughs> they the are same filled. color. <laughs> oh, gosh. They are filled. You just look page, page, page. Everything that we built, for example, uh, Karina and I, we built the DFW Network platform. We have 25,000 yes. members on yes. Facebook. Yes, yes, yes. And we're yes. also building it on Instagram. If you could go and find those calendars, you would see the daily objectives that are written down building the DFW network for my China book. If you can go find the 2022 calendar, you would see specifically what chapter I was working on every day of the week. You would see that. So it's, it's like there. the organization is like, it keeps you accountable. Do you think it's, it, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a date that you set with yourself that you have to keep like an appointment kind of situation. True. Yes. Yeah. And how long did it use? How long did it take you to get to like this level of fill the squares? <laughs> I would say it took me probably fifteen years. Okay. Okay. When I was in college, I wish that's what I was I'm. Doing I this. just want to bring that back to for all of y'all, my level listeners, because like I'm looking at that, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess I, I know I'm not OCD that I could do that, but I don't. Like I still have my rest days where I just don't do anything, like nothing, mm -hmm. just. <coughs> nothing <laughs> i think <laughs> with us lay there and it's great it's an amazing day like the it's doesn't happen very often but when it does it's like i'm really grateful really for those moments it. so i can just not nothing nothing mm -hmm. i don't want no i don't want nothing just want to watch <laughs> bad tv bad reality tv and not use my brain for 24 hours <laughs> the way that i see you know it, i i I did a lot of not using my brain already. And when I say That's a lot fair. of it, That's fair. I'm talking about hardcore. Yeah. Okay. Some of my some of my time in China was characterized by three or four nights of not sleeping, me and friends from all over the world. Fair. We're just going club bar hopping. I did that. Yeah. And uh, I'm kind of over it. Over it. You know? No, yeah, no, I get that. So now it's it's busy, you know. And, you know, I just had this. What's well, productive, of mind. I think. If, if yeah. I'm sitting around doing nothing, my wife doesn't say, You're letting me down. You're disappointed. She doesn't say that, but I do. To yourself? To myself. When, if I'm sitting around doing nothing, I think about my nieces. I'm letting them down. Mm. I, I have so much time on this earth remaining, whether it be 30 years, 40 years, 20, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But if I'm just sitting there doing absolutely nothing, 
on letting that time go by influence and those abilities so much those blessings they're just flying through my fingers like sand if i just mm -hmm. let time go by and do nothing well yeah. i also think that since we started the dfw network we've kind of i wouldn't say we're not forced to do it because this is something we started because we wanted to and after a certain time it just gets overwhelming because we didn't do anything on the platforms whether it's instagram or facebook we just kind of left it for a day for example when we were traveling we couldn't maintain right. it right 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 and then suddenly when we sign back in and we check this and that there's a hundred and something notifications waiting and then you kind of start putting it off because oh it's too much so I'm just going to wait till tomorrow. But then tomorrow you see like 200, 300. And so, so fast. if you just spend <laughs> an hour, even an hour, it even, no, yeah. doesn't even have to be an hour, just even 30 minutes, just catch up a little bit. It's better it's, than nothing. Yeah. And <laughs> for, for me, for the DFW network on Instagram, this is something that has helped. If I just go in and check in maybe two times a day for 10, 15 minutes and that's it on my off, days you know yeah no that makes sense i it, yeah and that's still like i get that too and uh, maybe i'm still working on that in terms of you know we're all in you know progress. Mm -hmm. i'm still not there like that low like when he pulled out his calendar y'all i was like oh man okay wow like <laughs> i i, I kind of have the same thing at work with the way i organize things but not for like my life which is obviously you know important that would help you know and uh I just, you know, it's a journey. It's a journey, y'all. So don't if, if y'all if you if you're listening to this right now, don't. There's not an expectation of you to have a calendar perfectly filled with every square, <laughs> so with something <laughs> written in every square, y'all. It's all the different it, stages it, of life. It, it's gonna. It's if that's where you want to go and that's what you want to do. It's, it's just a tool, and I think everybody finds their their ways, their methods of. That's absolutely. You know right. what I mean? So I. Karina's is yoga and meditation and yours is full Got squares, yep. full squares, you know, yeah. so that's fine. Um, if we are going to be wrapping up, there we is are. a poem I'd like to share with your listeners. Yeah, let's do that right at the end, though. Okay. So and so that'll be like, let me know when, okay? I will, I, um, my, y'all, my laptop just died, like full disclosure. So I'm pulling <laughs> up the Google drive on, uh, uh, well, I've had it, I've had it on and I don't have the plug. I do have the plug, but y'all, I don't, I don't feel like getting up. So I'm just, uh, getting this episode outline up. So I don't, uh, cause I, we're, let's just do rapid fire real quick and then we can have you do your poem and we'll, we'll be done. Okay. All right. Uh, my bad y'all, you know, just rolling with it here. So while we're rolling with it, can you uh, briefly describe what rapid fire is? Uh, rapid fire is just a series of questions and whatever the first thing that comes to your mind is, is your answer. Okay. So it's just a quick one, two, like three questions and just one answer after the other. And I got to do, I got to do both of y'all. So let's, uh, let's start with Karina. So, Karina, if you could create one rule everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? Wash your hands. <laughs> That's a good one. I haven't heard that yet. That's a good one yet. That's good. Okay, so if you lost everything tomorrow, what would be the first thing you do? We lost everything before, so I would just start building again. Okay. And what are your three L's? So the three L's are wh what do you want to learn this year? What do you want to launch this year? And what are you going to love more of this year? 
learn to just be better and learn different things that are going on around me because I need to learn how to function better here. <laughs> yes. Um, what was the second one? What do you want to launch? Oh, launch uh, our events company, Sanya Events. Okay. Working on that. And love my life, my family, and my husband, and my new life. Your new I life, yeah. Say. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Terrence, same thing. So if you could create one rule everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? I thought I was going to get a different question. No, you're not. You're doing <laughs> the same questions. I'm not going okay. to be boozy all that way. No. <laughs> okay, so one rule that everyone had to follow, I would say, be nice. Okay, be nice. And if you lost everything tomorrow, what would be the first thing you do? Check on my wife. Okay. Uh, and the same thing, what are your three L's? What do you want to learn this year? What do you want to launch this year? And what are you going to love more of this year? I would like to learn how to be more efficient in business. Uh -huh. <laughs> calendar. Yes. What I'm quickly observing is that there's so much for us to learn in terms of dealing with the IRS, processing transactions and the mechanics really good record keeping and so we have to learn that uh what would i like to launch i would like to launch our events company and i would also launch my career in international relations and macroeconomics where i discuss more of the topics that uh, i wrote about in my book made by china yes the new world order what am i going to love this year karina. more of karina karina <laughs> that's so sweet oh that's so nice uh, okay, and uh, I also kind of wanted you to just briefly talk about, like, kind of all the things, like DFW Progressives and um, your events company, all of it, kind of just so you can give everybody kind of a quick snapshot of uh, all the things, all of the endeavors you guys are kind of pursuing right now. Who, who, you or Karina, either one, so, just so, so they can have an idea of the depth here <laughs> so we have uh sunny events we're working on getting that up and running uh it's an events company okay and of course we have our dj here yeah uh, yep and we're gonna provide photography services um just at your weddings birthdays whatever all kinds of events yeah okay and then eventually we're gonna work on getting lighting and audio equipment that okay. can be put out there uh, for people to to use so yeah that's that's one of the main things we're working on and this is like on you guys have instagram and facebook and social media yes. for that already for the so events okay sanya events sanya events dfw okay yeah sanya events dfw.com is the website that allows a person to find all of our social media okay yeah that's perfect and then anything about dfw progressives or well we we have uh multiple dfw or dallas fort worth brands uh we have the dfw network which yep. is a platform for small business owners across the metroplex to uh, meet up and get more customers and clients we have dfw network on facebook and on instagram we also have the dfw network chamber okay we have a fully functional board of directors and people can access information regarding our chamber at dfwnetworkchamber.org we have multiple events that are scheduled for 2023 we're still working on building our events committee so we could 
bring those to life. And then we also have DFW Progressives, which is a political movement of individuals who care about liberty, human rights, equality, equity, inclusion. <laughs> These are key words that are really important. Um, so <clears throat> with the DFW Progressives movement, we talk about some of the social issues uh, that, that we are facing in Dallas-Fort Worth and internationally. But something else is really important is we attempt to uh, mobilize support for progressive candidates who are running in districts or areas that may not be so progressive. Yep. And I think that that is key. And the exact parameters of what that means is being expanded uh, throughout the rest of this year. Yeah. No, that's it's that's a lot. There's there's a lot. You, there's a lot to sample from there, Terrence. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's great. Um, and all you all instagram pages to you guys so make sure that you add and i will put when we post all the stuff for this episode I'm, i'll give you guys all the links to all those different uh probably different instagram pages right that you're yes. you're you're dealing you're upkeeping <laughs> be making current and making sure that everything's on there and and up to date so yeah but yeah you, you guys should definitely check them out and that's all i have you guys make sure to add overshare on instagram social media all the things and leave me a rating and a review and i know i'm gonna i, I usually cl close the show out but i know that terrence has a poem that he wants to share and you guys i'm just gonna leave you with the poem so i'm gonna shut up now and uh just remember my lovely listeners to have a wonderful wonderful week purposeful and intentional and um yeah that's all i got go for it terrence I wrote this February 23rd, 2007, and it goes like this. I feel no defeat. There's victory in my soul. There's the flame of a winner, and it consumes me whole. I will pace like a champion, all circumstances overcome. I'm not defeated by my past, but I'm proud of where I'm from. And with a heart of gold, I will pursue my dreams. I know that I can't do it alone, so I work on a team. It is God who's my partner. There's nothing impossible with his power. And it is through him I shall live a fulfilling life every day and every hour. Thank you. All right, y'all. Karina, do you want to say anything before we sign off? I don't want to forget about you. <laughs> Thank you for having us on today. I know. Thank you guys so much for your time today. Um, yeah, that's all. Again, y'all have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>